You're listening to a podcast from Victory. The Bible is necessary for knowing the gospel, for maintaining spiritual life, and for knowing God's will. Discover more about this truth in week two of our series, Wordview. Today we're going to talk about the necessity of the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God in our lives. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to read uh, from Psalm 19, beginning in verse 7 to verse 8. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The, uh, the, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Can we just commit our time to God? Let's just pray right now. Father, we thank you for the access we have in your word. Lord, you said, blessed is the man who delights in your word, who meditates at day and night. So we thank you that even at this very moment, we thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you that your word is perfect. It has everything that we need for life and godliness. Your word is true. Your word is pure. Your word is right. So Lord, today we pray as we go through your word, as we hear your word, we pray that you will impart life, faith, and wisdom to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, at the start of the year, I read this article, I found this in Lifeway Research. They did a research in the U.S. and I'm showing this to you because I, I think it's, it's similar here also in our nation. And they said that generally Americans have a very positive view about the, the scripture, but they are not reading it. How many of you know that is also true in our nation? A lot of people have very positive view about the Bible. Yes, it's true. Let, yes, it's life-changing. Yes, it's helpful, yet we're not reading it. So I want to read an excerpt from this long article. It says, Americans have a very positive view of the Bible, and many say the Christian scriptures are filled with moral lessons for today. However, more than half of Americans have, have read little or none of the Bible. Even among worship attendees, less than half, Read the Bible daily. The only time most Americans hear from the Bible is when someone else is reading it. Just like what's happening now. So, ang question na gusto kong itanong mo sa katabi mo ngayon, can you please look at the person seated next to you? Tanungin mo yung katabi mo, sabihin mo sa kanya, Amerikano ka ba? Nagbabasa ka ba ng Bible every day? Uh, someone said that people treat the Bible like exercise. They believe it's good, but they don't do it. Men are more likely to skip Bible reading than women, which is sad. According to the Bible, when they did a survey among men and women, they realized more men have the tendency to skip Bible reading than women. Women are more diligent in studying the scripture, okay? How many women do we have in this room? You're very proud, right? And when I read that part of the article, that saddened me because the responsibility for spiritual leadership is given to men. If there's anyone who should be more eager when it comes to the things of God and the spiritual matters, it should be the men and not the women. Sadly, we hear sometimes husband telling their wives, pray mo na lang ako. Isimba mo na lang ako. It cannot be because the spiritual leadership is given to men. It should be the men taking initiative. It should be the men creating the spiritual atmosphere at home. If you're a husband today, even if you are not a pastor, you are the pastor in that family. And we, we should be the one praying. We should be the one interceding. We should be the one pushing our family 
to the Word of God. I started this year reading Genesis, the book of beginnings. And I was reminded of that story of Adam and Eve. And we all know it's Eve who ate the apple, the fruit, okay, the apple. <laughs> but when God showed up in the garden, it was Adam that he held accountable. Because the Bible says when Eve ate the fruit, the Bible says, and then he, she gave some to her husband who was with her. So Adam was there the entire time listening to the conversation, seeing what's happening, but he did not do what he's supposed to do. He was given the task to nurture the garden and to protect the garden and everyone who's there, but he did not nurture and protect. He became passive. He did not speak. And so he was held accountable. So we're given the responsibility. Now, very quickly from the passage of scripture we read, I want to really draw out three reasons why the scripture is a necessity for all of us. When you say necessity, it's basic. They, they said that we have four basic necessities as human beings. Food, water, shelter, clothing. As long as you have these things, you can live normal. But if you read the Bible, the Bible would tell us there's more that we need than just the physical. Three reasons why the Bible is a necessity for all of us. First one, in verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. To revive means to restore something or someone to life or consciousness. Bring them back to life. And immediately when I was studying the scripture, the picture that quickly came to my mind is the picture of a defibrillator. Okay? How many of you have watched a movie na merong ganito? Yung hindi nag-function ng normal yung heart niya, maybe due to a cardiac arrest, and then they use this, this electronic device that send electric shock to the heart of the person with the aim of saving the person. Revive. Nakikita natin yung flatline, di ba? Pag nagpa-flat na, pinaplancha nila. At first, wala, di ba? So they would do it repeatedly in order to uh, try to revive the person. Sometimes it would go on for three, four times until the person is revived. Defibrillator. You know, the Bible... Okay, if you read the Bible, the Bible revives the soul. And Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, talking about the Word of God, the Gospel. It says, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Bible is not primarily a book about science or literature or philosophy. The Bible is primarily about God's plan of salvation for us. That's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. I'm not ashamed. Some people are not ashamed of their secret life. Some people are not afraid of the things they do on a Friday night. Paul was persecuted. Paul was mocked because of his faith. But he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I preach this. I look for opportunities because this is the power of God. The Bible is the ultimate defibrillator. Talagang pang revive ng soul. You know, every time the gospel is preached, the power of God is unleashed. Sometimes we share God's word to people. Sometimes we look for opportunities and we feel like nothing's happening. But I want you to know, every time you preach the word, it's like sending that electric shock to the heart of the person. We are trying to revive the soul. 
You know, that's what happened to our family. The first one who got saved in the family was my eldest sister, who at the time was working in the Middle East as a nurse. When she came back together with her husband, we learned that they became Christian in the Middle East. So every year they're given 45 days vacation. And every time they go here in the Philippines, they make sure we will have Bible study once a week at home. At that time, we are clueless. First time for us to hear somebody preaching the Bible to us. We don't know what to do with it. And they would do that repeatedly. Pagbalik nila ng Middle East, dahil walang internet, susulat sila. Handwriting. Sinisend nila. So it will have, you know, greetings, family matters. But they will make sure there will always be a short segment where they are preaching the word to us. It went on for years and years until our family, eight of us in the family, one by one, we started getting saved. They started preaching to us, to me, when I was first year in high school, after seven long years, I finally surrendered to the Lord. The Word of God revived my heart and brought me back to life. And now I can respond to the Lord. How many of you here, you're believing for uh, the salvation of a family member this year? How many of you believe that God is mighty to save? God can save the worst of sinners. That's the testimony of Paul. But I want you to know that salvation is not possible without you and me preaching the word of God. It's good that we are praying, Lord, save my family. But maybe we need to change our prayer. If you're praying for your dad to be saved this year, rather than praying, Lord, save my dad, Change the prayer. Say, Lord, give me the boldness to preach your word to my dad. Lord, give me the opportunity to preach the gospel to my dad. Lord, give me the opportunity to pray God's word to my dad. Keep sending that electric shock. Keep sending the power of God. Keep reviving the soul until you see something click and something turn. Until you see your dad surrender his life to Christ. You know, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? The reason you are in that family, in that office, in that campus, because God wants you to be the vessel of God's power. Be the preacher of the word. Preach the word this year. How many of you are glad somebody preached the gospel to you? The power of God was unleashed to you. And now you're here alive in Christ. Second is Psalm 19 verse 8. It says, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Rejoicing speaks of encouragement, gladness, and spiritual nourishment. When you say the heart is rejoicing, the heart is encouraged. There's gladness, there's spiritual nourishment. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, no food, only water. Maybe that's possible, but I doubt you can do that for an entire year. If you do that for an entire year, you will feel weak and eventually you will die. We're not designed for that. We ought to eat so that our body can be nourished. And if that is true for us physically, 
That's also true for us spiritually. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus himself said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You are not going to survive as a Christian. If you're saying you're a follower of Christ, if you're saying you're going to follow Jesus, Jesus said you're not going to make it. It's like trying to follow me just drinking water every single day. Maybe you're a Christian. You're just showing up on a Sunday. Maybe every Sunday, this is your quiet time for the entire week. Ito na yung word mo. Tinitipid mo na lang the whole week, pang Monday. Tuesday. Maybe that will work for a time. Maybe, but it's not going to work. Eventually, you will feel weak. Too weak to say no to temptation. Too weak to obey the will of the Lord. Too weak to surrender to His will. We cannot resist the struggle within because we are too weak. You are not going to make it, Jesus said. If you want to be strong in the faith, if you want to finish the race, if you want to fight the good fight of faith, you need the nourishment of the Word of God every single day. How many of you here, you want to finish strong this year? You want to be a man and a woman of great faith. Lord, I'm sick and tired of being held hostage by my situation. I'm sick and tired of using the same excuses. Why I can't be the man that you want me to be? Why I cannot go on a mission trip? Why can't I build a family that will honor you? Why can't I lead a victory group? Why, why, why can't I follow you, Lord? I want to be a man of great faith. You know, when, when I was starting as a believer, I read the Bible, and I was first introduced to these great men and women, these characters, Daniel and Moses and David. I grew up admiring these people. I'm so amazed. Peter walking on water. And I remembered as a student, I was praying to God, Lord, I'm weak. I'm insecure. I have so many issues. Lord, please help me become a man of faith. How do you become a man of faith? How do you, how, how do you accomplish great things for God? You know, the Bible showed us in Hebrews 11, it gave us a list of the great men and women of God. And I want to read to you verse 32 to 34. After mentioning Abraham, after me mentioning Moses and all these great people, the author said, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me. He said, I don't have the time to tell you all of them and what they've done. To tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fires, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, who was able to lead the victory group or gave, and I don't know what else they've accomplished. Ordinary people. When I continue walking with the Lord, started reading the Bible more, more I realized... These men, I grew up admiring. Akala ko mga supernatural being tong mga to. Siguro si David pinanganak talaga to parang Marvel heroes. There's something about his DNA. He's not a normal human being. And then I realized when I started reading more, David is also flawed like me. He also had issues, struggle. He's a normal human being. These men mentioned in the Bible, some of them are not rich. They don't have influence. They don't have official title. Yet they were able to accomplish great things. How? By faith. And where do, you get, where do you get faith? The Bible says, faith comes from hearing the message. 
and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The more word deposited in your heart, the more faith you have. Because the more you know who God is, the more you trust Him. The more you love Him, the more you obey Him, the more you start taking risk. Kilala kita, Lord, you are faithful. You are all-powerful. You are all-knowing. You are good. You are loving. You are holy. You are not capable of doing evil. All your intentions are good. And the more I know God, the more my confidence grows. The more I trust Him, the more I love Him, the more I surrender to Him. Even if I cannot understand now, Lord, why you're allowing these things to happen, I will continue following you. And in the process, you develop that faith, that muscle. You may be small on the outside, But if you are a man or a woman of the word, you are a giant on the inside. You can do great things. We can do great things. Deuteronomy chapter 32, when Moses was speaking to the Israelites, after telling them the law of God, the commandments of the Lord, here's what he said. And when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, Take to heart all the words by which I'm warning you today that you may command them to your children that they may be careful to do all the words of this law for it is no empty word for you but your very life. And by this word you shall live long in the land that you're going over to the Jordan to possess. Other translation says these are not idle words. This is your life. Moses said don't let go of this word. These are not empty words. These are not ancient stories. These are not just literature. These are not idle words. This is your life. The more of God's word in you, the more the life of God will flow through you. Spiritual nourishment. Last thing, in Psalm 19 verse 8, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You know, it takes very little dirt or speck of dust to affect our visual, our ability to see clearly. Diba? Napuwing na ba kayo? Meron ba sa inyo dito napuwing kayo sobrang laki? Para, pare patanggal naman. Oh. <laughs> laki eh. Liit lang. Isang lalakad tayo, tapos may ahangin, biglang, uy, di ka na makakontinue. Or minsan, blurred na. Hirap ka na. You can't see properly. You can't see clearly. It doesn't take much. It takes very little dirt to affect our ability to see clearly. That's what sin did to us. Then sin damaged our ability to see what is right from what is wrong. It damaged our intellect, our emotion, our desires. Sin damaged our ability to see clearly. One power you and I have, do you know you have a superpower? The superpower we have is the power to deceive ourselves. That's why we cannot trust our heart. The Bible says, don't follow your heart. The world will tell you, follow your heart. Whatever you like to do, whatever you're passionate to do, as long as you're not hurting anyone. The Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all else. Don't follow your heart. That's a bad advice. The Bible is more reliable than our emotion and our reason in our experience. We need the Word of God in order for us to understand everything that's happening around us and everything that's happening within us. Enlightening the eye speaks of wisdom, speaks of guidance. 
we're enlightened. We see things clearly. Without the Word of God, we're lost forever. Hindi natin, may parang, pag wala kang Word ni Lord, it's dark. It's confusing. You will have difficulty, you and I will have difficulty dealing with the challenges we face in life. Pag wala kang Word ni Lord, but ganun Lord? Nagsisimba naman ako. Gumagawa naman ako mabuti. Why are you allowing these things? Tendency for us will be to turn away from God, doubt His existence, question His love. That will be our natural reaction. If we understand, if we see things rightly, we will see the wisdom of God. One of the ways that the Word of God gives us wisdom and guidance is providing us context. You know, there was once a person in our lives who brought my wife and I so much stress. I won't mention, I'll mention the name later. But this person was toxic. She would call us in the middle of the night, very demanding, sometimes harsh. Sometimes she would scream at us in public, sometimes even in church. Very embarrassing for me and my wife. It went on for, I don't know, a few years. But my wife and I never avoided this person. We never told her, leave us alone. We didn't do that. It was very easy for us to forgive her. Pinapalampas lang namin, tinatawanan lang namin. You know why? Because Cheska, our daughter, was only a few months old at that time. Bata pa kasi siya. Mga six months pa lang siguro. Sumisigaw kung saan-saan. <laughs> Sa gabi, ibaling-iba, makukuha niyo rin yan. Next week, siguro pag nasa office kayo, mga Wednesday. Context. <laughs> context makes all the difference. You know, kung di mo alam yung context, di ba? Pag first time mo maririnig, grabe naman yan. Mali na yan. Ba't nyo hinahayaan yan? Kung ako yan, upakan ko na yan. Kung ako yan, iwanan ko na yan. Talo-talo na yan. But the moment you hear, even just that word, Cheska, it will make all the difference. Ah, okay. Hindi mo iwanan yan. Hindi ka magagalit yan. Papagbigyan mo lang yan. Pag iniwan mo yan... <laughs> Ikaw ang masama sa, karami namang tatay ito, walang kwenta. <laughs> Kasi you have to understand the context. Are you following? Context makes all the difference. It brings clarity, it brings wisdom, it brings understanding. And what's, that's what the Bible brings to us. It gives us context for all of life. Context about marriage. Context about relationship, relating with one another. Context about sex, governance, finance. Context for all of life. If we have the right context, we'll be able to live with wisdom. Brings clarity. The Word of God enables us to see things clearly. I want to end with this verse in John chapter 5. In summary, God's Word is important to us. It's necessary because it revives our soul. It nourishes us and gives us wisdom. You know why that is possible? Because the Bible points us to the source. In John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, Jesus confronted a group of religious leaders who were very legalistic, very devoted to the Word in a wrong way. Ito yung mga talagang minememorize nila yung Bible. Mga nagbabasa 20 chapters a day. And they look down on others who are not as committed. Hmm? 15 chapters ka lang, backslider, compromiser, nakakahiya ka. Hindi ka serious Christian. Parang ganong level. 
And then Jesus confronted them and see the hypocrisy beyond the external action. And he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. Yes, there is eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. They were simply after the benefit. They read the Bible because they just want the benefit, but not Jesus. The Bible is not just a book of good principles that we can use for living, for business, for parenting, for handling finances. The Bible is not a book of principles. It points to a person. And that's the purpose of us going into the Word. That we are not just going to get information, but we are going to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. And in the process of us meditating the Word, God will be able to change us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the more of the Word we have, the more of Jesus in our life. Amen? Amen. You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.